When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Okay. Hey, everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us on this Friday. Well, if you need a good book to read this weekend, uh, we're delighted we have um, the author, Rena Olson, with us. You may have read her book that came out a couple years ago, The Girl Before, but we just finished reading with you always. And wow, what a good psychological suspense story, Rena. Thank you. How are you today? I'm doing really well. How are you? We're doing pretty good. We've been talking about Aretha Franklin and just playing mm-hmm. her music and sharing the mm-hmm. stories. Oh, man. Yeah. I know. Something else, that voice. Well, your writing is something else. So give um, people who are listening the setup of your novel with you always. I call this book a reverse fairy tale. Um, it starts out with the girl meeting her handsome prince and heading towards her happily ever after, except her prince isn't actually as perfect as she thinks he is, and uh, their happily ever after leads her down a pretty dark path. And you know what's interesting, Rena, and I don't, I'm curious to know if this is deliberate or, you know, this is... 99% of the time, or I don't know, maybe I'm just making up that. It's my theory that very often, though, people who end up in an, an abusive relationship, there's like a couple of red flags you didn't notice, but the charm offense of, or whatever, the game of getting you to fall in love with them and how they sort of do it is that's a real thing that happens to women. Absolutely. It happens all the time. And, I mean, was this a night, like, did that happen to someone you know, or did it happen? I mean, it happened to me when I was, like, 32. I was so blinded (laughs) by his charm, his wallet, I'll just say his rock, (laughs) that I couldn't see the couple of things later that were my red flag because I was just intoxicated with him and then mm-hmm. when he got me you know he's just like i love you i hate you i love you i hate you it was just crazy right and i think it's you know it is a game to them at some points um and they get women to the point that they they do they're intoxicated with them they depend on their approval because they've convinced them that that's the only thing that matters i mean did you so do a lot of research with that with you know, that i, mean, I work I work as a marriage and family therapist, so my training is in marital therapy, Um, and I think we've all had friends that we've seen go through similar things, so, you know, kind of a mix of of personal and professional experience and research and education on that. And do you think that the notion, um, 
particularly, I guess, for for women about the one finding your the one your person, whatever you want to say, is 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 still strong. I think so. I, think I so. mean, mm-hmm. I'm mid 30s and single, and there's definitely like, you know, happily so. However, there's definitely that pressure to be like, you know, to to find your your identity in that relationship. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And then, I mean, for for um, our character Julia uh, is the name of our character. Mm-hmm. Um, also, the uh, thing with their relationship is that Bryce belongs to this religion that one of her friends says, oh, I've heard weird things about that. I, I immediately mm-hmm. thought of Scientology, Rena. <laughs> well, I did I did do some research um, on Scientology for this book, but also just a variety of different cults. I didn't want it to fall. It's, right. You know, this is a made-up thing. I didn't want it to fall into one specific um, religion. But, you know, it, it's under the guise of, a, of actually... Just a Christian church um, where there's really good people doing really good things, but then there's this sort of subgroup um, that is, you know, bringing people in and and being very controlling in that way. So that was a deliberate plot point that you wanted to have Mm -hmm. as part of the story. It was, and I think some of it comes from... um, You know, I grew up in the church, and my faith is still very important to me. Mm -hmm. Um, My dad was a pastor when I was growing up, and, you know, I ran into some of the best people I've ever met in churches, and I also ran into some of the worst. Yeah. And I think, I mean, that's that's a reflection of the world in general. But, yeah, true. You know, it was magnified in churches because you don't expect that there. And so that, that underlying, like, you know, there's not everything is always as it seems on the surface. Yeah. It reminds me of that great Southern fra- phrase, the white of the lace, the black of the leather. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-huh. Um, okay, so Rena, when you, uh, I don't know if you're still out on uh, book tour, you're getting ready to go out, because I know the book just came out uh, last a couple weeks ago, With You Always is the name of it. Is there one question that you're getting uh, over and over um, about With You Always? I don't know if there, I, I get a lot of questions about um, how does your brain work and why do you think of these dark things? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Because in general, I'm a pretty happy and upbeat person. So people are like, how? How is that a thing? Um, But, you know, I think coming from, I work, I still work full time as a therapist. I work with uh, children and families. And, you know, it's very cathartic for me sometimes to write some of that Uh darker stuff because I hear a lot of of dark stuff. So being able to put, you know, some of that on paper, you know, not specific stories, but those, like the feelings that I, um, invoke with my job and yeah i was going to say uh with with the inspiration behind it but also and and maybe it is what you just said that it's kind of cathartic but was -hmm. there a reason why you wanted to write this story why you you know wanted people to read it particularly you know to have this type of message out there i think part of it was to normalize some of it. I, I mean, mm-hmm. not that ever being in that sort of relationship should be considered like a normal thing, but to one of the responses I got for the girl before um, over and over again was, you know, thank you for writing this. Like, I'm not in this sort of, you know, human trafficking situation, yeah. but I've been in a controlling relationship. I've been in a, you know, I, I've been treated that way. Mm-hmm. And so um, just that message that you're not alone, that this is this is something that can happen to anyone, but, yep. you know, and, and 
to really rely on your support system and, and trust the people that you have trusted. Yeah, well, one of the things that I thought that you wrote really poignantly about is how Julia and her sister, and they've always been so close, and the sister just, you know, the hair on the back of her neck, she knows there's something wrong mm-hmm. with this guy. And that was, like, so painful, mm-hmm. you know, so real, because you could see a, a sister or a dear friend just having to put up their hands and walk away because you can't, it's harder to stay and watch and be cut off. Yeah. And, and that's, I mean, that is something that I've experienced personally. So that was, you know, very mm-hmm. real to me too. I mean, there's, there's always going to be people that say, oh, you know, she, why wouldn't she listen to her sister? Like, of yeah. course she would, or, you know, but I think until you're in that situation, I mm-hmm. talk to somebody who's really been through that. It's hard to, I mean, I don't oh, think you can say, Hello? I would do it this way or I would do it that way. Yeah, the oxytocin is going, the dopamine, you're doing mm-hmm. all this romantic stuff. He, they're saying all the right things. It's. It's it's easy. It, it, it happens, like you said, Rena, more than uh, people realize. Um, if we could ask you, what was the book that you read when you were a kid that made you want to be a reader? Oh, gosh. I read so I mean, like, I would go to the library. I, the library was just a few blocks from my house, and I would come back with a stack of Sweet Valley Twins books. Oh, yes. Those were my favorites. Yeah. Um, and also, my sister was in the Babysitter's Club, and I was a little bit young for those, so I read the Babysitter's Little Sister books. Yeah. Fun. So those are probably my top ones. That I, Your top two you know, books. Bring, yeah, it would just bring stacks home. But I would read just about anything, and you know, to this day, I have stacks and stacks of books everywhere. Yeah. Do you think it's interesting how much literature, I think, is coming out from female authors that is so dark nowadays? Um, I think it's I think it's great. I think it's a reflection of like in some ways women taking back that power. Like we can be dark. We don't have to be like right. light and fluffy and you know, I love romance and I, I write right light and fluffy romance, but I think there's also something, you know, powerful about saying, No, we got the dark stuff too. Like yeah. we we have these these stories in us that need to be told. Yeah, it does seem like more more than ever that there's just some really great books that are being written by women and just like uh, it's not just like guys that can write the dark, twisty stuff, you know, the suspenseful mm-hmm. stuff. And this book, I did not see this end coming at all. <laughs> so thank you for that, Reno Olson. Again, the book with you always. Now I want to read your uh, first book, The Girl Before, because is this your second novel? This is my second published one, yes. Your second published one. And then um, what was the last great book that you read, even though you have stacks and stacks, that you'd recommend? Oh, man. Um, you know, I read a lot of YA. Uh-huh. And um, I actually have been in, on a contemporary kick, and I read um, To All the Boys I Loved Before by Jenny Han, and it's, it's actually now at Netflix. I just said that movie. is dropped with grave reviews to All the Boys I've Loved Before just today, yeah, didn't it? It just today it came out on Netflix, and so I read it's a three book series, and I read all three books in like a weekend. So they're, they're mm. that good. Yes, that good. All right. Well, we love talking to you, Rena. We're going to keep our eye on you. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you. The book is with you always. We've got a couple of copies to give away. Six five one six four one one zero seven one. And when we come back, we're going to talk about a book that was made into a movie that I saw last night. It was amazing.